Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Good evening, good evening. Welcome once again to TBCF's Rightly Dividing the Word Tuesday Night Bible Study. I'm your host for the night, Pastor Donald, here in the building. Um, as you can hear that we have, we have folks here in the building. For those of you guys that uh, are tuned in on the live stream, we welcome you as well. Um, let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer before we jump in to tonight's lesson. Amen? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to come into your presence, to come into your house, to be able to, to uh, dive deep into your word tonight, Lord, that we would be able to uh, get a greater understanding of who it is that, that you have called us to be and who you are. Lord, we thank you that as, as we open up your word tonight, Father, that you would reveal to us your plan and your perfect will for our lives. Lord, that we would uh, be transformed and changed by the truth of your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being the teacher that you are. We thank you that you will teach us and lead us and guide us into all truth. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the truth that sets us free and who you have set free is free indeed. Lord, we walk in that freedom tonight, Lord, and I pray that that freedom would, would translate to, uh, to through the airwaves to whoever is tuned in tonight, Father, for those that couldn't make it out but they're tuned in. Lord, I pray that you would uh, open uh, their eyes, the, open the eyes of their heart, Father, that they may receive a greater revelation of who you are and what your plan is for their life as well, Father. Lord, we thank you for giving us ears to hear. We thank you for giving us eyes to see. We thank you for giving us the mind of Christ. We thank you for giving us a heart that believes, Lord. Our heart is good, soil is good ground, and we receive the seed of your word, Father, that it would uh, be cultivated, that, would be, that it would be watered, that it would be nurtured, and that it would bear forth much fruit, that you would be glorified and that you would be pleased with your people. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We ask that you would have your way. Do only what you can. We step out of the way and we say, have your way, our Lord and King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I don't know if you guys can tell I'm a little stopped up is because like, shoot, I, I, done, I done ducked and dodged Corona only to be attacked by the killer pollen that's out there. I don't know what happened to the murder hornets, but the, uh, the killer pollen is out. And so I've uh, been sneezing like crazy. So anyhow, once again, it's a pleasure to be here tonight with you guys to crack open the word. As you guys know, um, Last week, we had uh, Ask the Elders. It was a cool, uh, really good uh, session that we had last week. If you weren't able to tune in, you weren't able to be here in the building, we ask that you go to, to the Annex, check out the, the, the replay, and catch up. Um, there were some really good questions that were asked. So remember, that's, that's something that's going to be happening periodically every, at the end of every month, every last Tuesday of the month we're going to be having Ask the Elders. So make sure that you guys go ahead and hit us on the socials. Send in your questions that you have so that way we can uh, do our best at going to the Word and helping you guys find an answer for those questions that you have out there. Amen? So 
we're picking up where we left off the week before last. Pastor Kaya was up here. She gave a fire lesson on John chapter 15, where we talked about the vine dresser, that Jesus says, Jesus is like, I'm the vine, y'all are the branches, my father is the vine dresser, and any branch that is in me that doesn't bear fruit is plucked out and cast aside, burned up in the fire. That's kind of crazy because the vine, the, the vine said that there were branches in him, B- branches in him that didn't bear fruit, and they'll get plucked out. So this is why we have rightly dividing the word so that way we can receive the seed of the word so we can bear fruit. Amen. So we're picking up where Pastor Kai left off. And I want to start in, in my typical fashion, which is I like to start with a quote and end with a quote. And so here I have a quote. It says, I have heard many fanatical persons say the Holy Spirit revealed this and that to them. Now, that is very generally revealed nonsense because the Holy Ghost does not reveal anything fresh now. He brings old things to our remembrance. That is something that was spoken by C.H. Spurgeon. And I want to start off a little bit different. We're continuing on our journey through John, but I want to start off a little bit different because I want to give you guys a bit of a, 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 a preface to what we're going to read tonight. Um. If you, if you couldn't tell from the quote, um, we are going to be talking about the Holy Spirit a little bit tonight. And so I want to start off with, rather than the book of John, I want to go to James real quick because I need you guys to understand something before we get into tonight's text. So James chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 2 through 8. And James says this, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with a divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. Amen? I know you may be wondering, okay, what does that have to do with where we're we're getting to? Well, one of the things to kind of recap what Pastor Kai talked about in, in John chapter 15, John chapter 15, for the first time, Jesus is telling the disciples that now you can ask the Father in my name, and whatever you ask of him, he will, get, he, will do, he will do it for you. And so he's explaining to them that, that when you ask and he'll do it for you, he'll, he'll do it for you because you've honored me and you've believed in me. And so here it is, we're seeing James, who was one of the disciples. James is talking about when you go through trials and things that you should count it as a joyous occasion because it's an opportunity for your faith that you proclaim to have to be tested. And by it being tested 
in the midst of that trial, you'll be ready for anything that comes after that. Following? Now let's go to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, starting with verse 1. Jesus is continuing his conversation from 15, and he says, I have told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. Can we stop right there for a moment? I have told you these things. He's talking to the disciples. He's saying, I've told you these things so that you don't abandon your faith. Another translation says, so that you don't stumble. Another translation says, so that you don't become offended. But let me break it down in, in the Greek to give you guys a bit, of, a bit of a better understanding of the idea that he's trying to communicate to the disciples. He's saying, I've told you these things so you don't find yourselves in scandalizo, which is where we get our word scandal from. He's like, I don't want, this, I don't want anything to catch you off guard or catch you by surprise and, 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 and that, th that things might become scandalous. He's saying that, that I, I'm telling you these things so that way there's not a stumbling block that's in your way. So that, that, that you're not being hindered from maintaining your faith and your belief in what you should. So that you're not being hindered or you're not uh, being tempted to fall off into sin and, and fall away from what it is that I've taught you. When he's saying that, that I'm telling you this so you don't stumble, so, you, so you're not involved in a scandal. Anybody who's paid attention to the church over the course of the last year, there's been a lot of scandalous stuff that's happened in the church, unfortunately. Many, many uh, ministers who were, who were branches inside of the vine but weren't bearing fruit. Many who were inside of the vine that, that, that given in to temptation, they found themselves in a scandal and they've fallen away. Not really following through in action uh, with, the, with, with, with true trust in the truth that they proclaim to believe and have faith in. Amen? So Jesus is saying, I'm, look, I need you guys to lean in. That was something else that Pastor, Pastor Kaya mentioned when she was preaching or she was teaching from, from chapter 15. She was saying that these are some of the last instructions that Jesus is giving before he's going away. And so it's like when, when you hear like the last words, that somebody's last words, you want to lean in a little so you can really pay, intent, pay, pay close attention to what it is that's being said so you can grasp it. Unfortunately, the disciples even like they, they still like kind of had this, this, they were wrestling with the fact of some of the stuff that Jesus was telling them. But Jesus is saying, look, I need you guys to grasp this and understand this so you don't find yourselves in a scandal once I'm gone. Verse two, for you will be expelled from the synagogues and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God. Hold up. So, so Jesus, you telling us all this stuff, and, and, and you, you didn't say, you didn't say, you didn't say that, that we might get, he said, when they kill you. So, so you mean to tell us that, that we're supposed to die? 
So when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God, this is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. So here it is, you see, that, that what's going on is Jesus is trying to give them instructions. They're caught up in their feelings and their emotions. They're not really intently understanding or discerning what it is that Jesus is trying to, to, to do here. And now they're, they're, they're caught up in their emotions because, I mean, I, think about it. If, if somebody came and told you, yeah, man, they finna kill you. I, I think that you might get a little emotional, especially when you wasn't expecting that from the get-go, right? You wasn't expecting that. But he's like, no, nah, they're going to put you out. They're going to put you out the synagogues. They're going to excommunicate you, and they're going to kill you. And they're going to think that they're doing it for me. And so here it is. They're grieving over what Jesus is saying to them because of the fact that he's saying that not only am, am, is, is all this going to happen to you, but I got to go too. Verse 7, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I don't, the advocate won't come. If I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There was so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Let's stop for a moment. I kind of want to park here and just kind of dissect a little bit of what it is that we've just read. So here it is. They're, they're wrestling with the fact that Jesus has just dropped this bomb on them, letting them know that these are the things that are going to come about. They're going to they're gonna excommunicate you. They're going to kill you, and they're going to do it in my, claim that they're doing it in my name, and also I have to leave you. But it's, it's a good thing that I, I leave you because I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave the advocate with you. Another translation says the helper. When we read in, the, in, in John 15, they talked about the comforter. And so what I need you guys to understand is that, that, that 
we have an advocate in the Holy Spirit. We have a helper in the Holy Spirit. We have a teacher in the Holy Spirit. We have a comforter in the Holy Spirit. And so what we need to see here is Jesus is trying to jog their memory about what it is that he's told them. All of the things that he's told them that have led up to this very moment. Jesus is forewarning them of what's to come. He's forewarning his disciples so that they're enabled to realize that the things that he's talking of were not, were not something that were out of his control. He's given them a forewarning so that they know that, that when things go sideways or when it seems like things go sideways, that he's in full control of everything. Though it seems to be out of control, he is behind the scenes in control of everything. He was, he was doing this in hopes that the remembrance in the midst of those things taking place that hadn't happened yet, that they would recall to mind, that they would bring back to, to, to remembrance what it is that he told them and find comfort in that. Rather than it being an opportunity where their faith being under trial is something that is weakened, that it is actually reinforced because he's told them. Are you following? It is important to also note that the Spirit comes to the church and not to the world. The Spirit comes to the church and not to the world. This means that he works in and through the church. The Holy Spirit does not minister in a vacuum. What does that mean? That means that, that doesn't mean that, that, oh, only that church over there across town has the Spirit. It's not like, like you know, those, those, those football games where the cheerleaders are like, we got Spirit. Yes, we do. We got Spirit. How about you? Y'all don't got it. Is that, is not, that's not what it is. Holy Spirit is given to all believers, all those who have called upon the name of Jesus, all those that believe on the name of Jesus. So he doesn't operate or minister in a vacuum. Just as the Son of God had to have a body in order to do his work on earth, so the Spirit of God needs a body to accomplish his ministries. And that body is the church, the body of Christ. The Corpus Christi, as Pastor John likes to call it. The Spirit does not float in some ghostly way. He doesn't float in some ghostly way up and down rows of churches and buildings seeking to win the lost. The Holy Spirit works through people in whom he lives. That's why we're so adamant about in our vision that we're saying that, look, Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's not coming back for a church made of stucco, cinder block, or drywall. The church he's coming back for is you if you have the spirit of the living God dwelling in you. That's what that means. Earlier, Jesus had spoken to the paraclete, which is the Holy Spirit, that's the, that's the Greek, allos parakletos, the holy helper, the advocate, the great comforter, parakletos. He has spoken of the paraclete as the defender of believing disciples in John chapter 14. But now, as Jesus is talking to the 11, because remember we got one that was full of the devil and went off to do his bidding. <laughs> 
As Jesus is talking to the 11, they learn that he is also the prosecutor of unbelieving sinners. Because Jesus is telling them that, that, that there's a coming judgment. There's a coming judgment. And this is just the beginning of the work of the spirit, of the advocate who is coming. Advocate is also, also a legal term that they use for a counselor or a, 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 an attorney. And so now they see that, that not only is he a defender of those who believe, but he's also a prosecutor of the unbelieving sinners. But believers are witnesses, and the Holy Spirit is the prosecuting attorney. Are you following? Believers are witnesses, and the Holy Spirit is the prosecuting attorney, and the lost are the guilty sinners. Failure to believe in Jesus after he comes, after he had come, is the great damnable sin. If people believe Jesus, they would believe that he said what he said about their guilt, and they would turn to him in repentance. In spite of their unbelief, the Spirit graciously convicts unbelievers of their sinfulness so they will believe on Jesus. He may convict them of their, their individual sins that they have committed, but a person can clean up his life and still go to hell. Did you get that? He may convict people of their individual sins that they've committed, and they may like, okay, yeah, I was wrong, and they clean up their behavior, but they can still go to hell. Because just because you clean up your behavior doesn't mean that you believe in Jesus. Are you following? It is the sin of unbelief in Jesus Christ that condemns people. A court can convict a man of murder, but only the spirit can convict him of unbelief. The spirit would convict the world of the inadequacy of its righteousness. So he said, not only are they going to be convicted of their sin, but he's also, also of righteousness. Kind of seems like an awkward, an awkward thing that to be convicted of righteousness as opposed to being convicted of sin because they seem like they're, they're, they're complete opposites, correct? But the spirit is, is convicting the world of the inadequacy of its righteousness because we as human beings like to think that we're better than we really are. And our righteousness in our own eyes is, is inadequate and pales in comparison to what God has set as the standard of righteousness. So he convicts the world of, of its inadequacy of righteousness and move the unsaved to seek the righteousness that only Jesus Christ can provide. So it, only take, it, it can only be the Holy Spirit that can convict a man to believe that he's not as good as he thinks he is and see, him for the, see himself for the sinner that he truly is to be moved over into a position of humility to receive the righteousness that, only, that, that can only come from God. To convict the world of righteousness in reality is why he came, because the righteousness that people profess to have 
is far inferior to the righteousness that they need for acceptance with God. Jesus' reference to the disciples' inability to see him implies that they have a need for them to become the instruments. There's a need for them to become the instruments through whom the Holy Spirit would exercise this ministry. So the fact that Jesus is telling them that I'm sending you a helper and you're going to see me no more. That's why it's good that I go away. It's necessary that I go away so that way you can receive the advocate and you can receive the helper. So that way now the right now righteousness can be seen through you. We are instruments of righteousness to be seen in this dark world, to, 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 to be vessels in which the Holy Spirit can exercise his ministry through. When a lost sinner is truly under conviction, he will see the folly and evil of unbelief. He will confess that he does not measure up to the righteousness of Christ, and he will realize that he is under condemnation because he belongs to the world and the devil. There can be no conversion without conviction. And there can be no conviction apart from the Spirit of God using the Word of God and the witness of the child of God. No conversion without conviction. And no conviction apart from the Spirit of God using the Word of God and the witness of the child of God. Jesus never acted on his own. That's something that's been a recurring theme as we've been going through the journey, journey through John. Jesus never acted on his own initiative, but only in obedience to the Father. The Spirit who would reveal the truth would do the same. The spirit who would reveal the, the truth would do the same. This description implies the spirit's complete equality with Jesus in the Godhead. The spirit would not give revelation that conflicted with what Jesus had taught. Can I say that again? The spirit would not and will not ever give revelation that conflicted with what Jesus has taught. The source of both the Son's and the Spirit's teaching is the Father. Specifically, the Spirit would reveal things still in the future. While we have this revelation, this revelation includes all of what we have in the New Testament at this time. That's what he's talking about when Jesus said that he's going to reveal the future. And we have that in the New Testament. We know that, that though the, the, it's the New Testament... It's like, oh, it's, that's what the crazy dynamic to the New Testament is in the word that it's, a, it's still a living document, right? There's things that are still to come that have been prophesied long ago. Amen? The Spirit would glorify the Son by expounding on him. That's, by, that's, that's why about Jesus is through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. We read, we read the word, we learn about Jesus, we kind of like get it in our head, but Holy Spirit gets it in our hearts. Are you following? He makes, the, he makes that connection. 
I don't know if you guys remember, but there was like probably a few months ago, a few months back, that I did a message about cognitive dissonance. It's like, I know this to be true, but what I know to be true, I'm not, I'm, I might not be living it, or I might not be acting it out, or I might, I might not be seeing it, but I know this to be true, so why am I seeing this conflicting thing? It's because of cognitive dissonance. And a lot of that happens is because, the reason why that happens is because we are, we are, are, are not uh, being in agreement with what the Spirit is trying to do in us. We're not cooperating with the work of the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit would glorify the Son by expounding Him as the Son had glorified the Father by expounding Him. The Spirit would really be taking what the Father had given the Son and explaining its significance to the disciples and unpacking it. This is what Jesus is telling them. We're doing the same today with us. We get, we come here on a Sunday and we hear a message and, and Holy Spirit reminds us throughout the week of something that we heard in the message. That's him giving us a revelation of what it is that we heard. So that way we can apply it to our lives. Because sometimes, let's just be real. Let's be honest. Part of the reason why the disciples didn't recognize all this stuff when it happened, when it went down, is because there's a lot of stuff that Jesus dropped on them. And we saw that Jesus said, there's so much more I got to tell you about. Like, yeah, y'all going to die, but there's so much more I'm going to tell you. <laughs> there's so much stuff I got to tell you, but I can't tell you because you can't bear it now. Right? And that's how it is. It's that, that's, that's an example of great teaching because Jesus knew everything and he didn't just drop it all on them all at once and like, yeah, do y'all deal with that? Y'all chew on that? No, he gave them a little bit at a time. Revelation upon revelation, from glory to glory, from strength to Like when he saw that they could bear this, he's like, okay, here's something else. And so... For those of you that are, that, are, that are Bible scholars and teachers out there and preachers out there, that's a little hint. Just because you know a whole lot of stuff doesn't mean you got to give all the stuff at once, all right? Notice that it is not the Spirit's fun function to attract attention to himself or to promote himself. It is not the Spirit's function to attract attention to himself or to promote himself. As John the Baptist, his purpose is to make Jesus increase in prominence. This fact should make suspect any human attempt to glorify the Spirit above the Son. Y'all following it? Such an emphasis is not in harmony with the Spirit's purpose. Jesus revealed that the Spirit would have a threefold ministry when he came. He would convict the world, enlighten the disciples, and glorify Jesus. Do you guys get that? I know that was a lot to unpack regarding Holy Spirit and who he is, and that still don't even really explain everything. But, Hopefully you have a little bit more of an insight on, on, on who Holy Spirit is and what his function is. 
Verse 16, let's pick back up where we left off. So Jesus says, in a little while, you won't see me anymore. But a little while again after that, you will see me again. Some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean when he says, in a little while, you won't see me, but then you will see me, and I'm going to the Father. And what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it. So he said, are you asking yourselves what I meant? Like, do you ever, you ever, you ever, like, I don't know how many of you guys have kids out there, but like, you give your kids instructions and then like, you give them plain, well, they seem plain to you, right? Plain instructions. And, and then you hear them like mumbling amongst themselves about like, why don't you just ask me for clarification, Right? So Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it. So he said, are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said, in a little while, you won't see me, but a little while after that, you will see me again. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. I have spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you. The Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. Yes, I came from the Father into the world, and now I will leave the world and return to the Father. Then his disciples said, at last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively. I mean, Jesus did just say that. I'm not going to they're a, little, they're a little slow, but hey, lay bloomers. But so it is with us, right? Now we understand that you know everything. And there's no need to question you. <laughs> from this, we believe that you came from God. Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming indeed, it's here now. When you will be scattered each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Hmm, sounds like what we started off with James. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen? 
So Jesus is letting them know all these good things. It's like, it's like he's mixing the ebbs and flows of our walk and our relationship with him as he's just dialoguing with them in this one chapter. Like there's, there's going to be some good times and there's going to be some bad times. There's going to be some joy. There's going to be some pain. There's going to be some sunshine. There's going to be some rain. I know it sounds like a song, but he's letting them know that there's, there's going to be ups and downs. He says, even, he says, you guys, you guys are worried about the fact that I'm leaving you, but I'm telling y'all this though. What y'all don't realize is that y'all are going to leave me and go your own ways. You guys are going to leave me alone. But I won't be alone because I have a father. As he's dropping all of these nuggets on them, hoping that they're grasping hold of these, and, and, and what they're not quite getting that they're tucking away, and maybe later on they'll, they'll, they'll get a revelation of it. So it is with us. I started with James chapter one because we need to understand that, that you know, we, right now it seems like things are going on an, on an upward, you know, we're, we're, going, we're moving up. Things are starting to change. It looks like there's hope on the horizon. And as us, for us as believers, there should always be hope on the horizon. But I'm just saying as kind of like as a society, as, as the way that things are going, it seems like things are opening back up. Things are, 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 are getting better. It could change at the drop of a hat. And he just warned the disciples. He's still warning us as his disciples today that, hey, look, there's stuff that's going to happen that you're not necessarily going to be expecting. And I'm telling you this to be prepared that you, that you remain and keep your faith and your trust in me, that you don't find yourself in a scandal, that you don't find yourself falling away, that you don't find yourself fumbling with the truth that, that you've held on to for so long. That, there, that you, should, you should be so confident because you're abiding in me and I'm abiding in you and that you have the advocate that is there for you. That you have the advocate that is there to lead you in all truth. You have the advocate there that is able to bring back to remembrance the things that I've spoken to you in the times of peace when you're in a time of turmoil. That there should be nothing that, that's, that's so tumultuous or chaotic that will Shake your faith. And it's better that I go away from you so that you can receive the, the advocate, that you can receive the helper so he can confirm everything that I've told you. Can I give you guys a quick illustration of what he's saying? In John chapter one, that Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. If we can go back to Genesis chapter one and you read the whole creation encounter, how God said, let us. And he makes, he sends his word out to create what it is that he spoke. He sends his word out 
And then it says that a lot of times we don't catch. We say, we say that God said and he saw, but we completely eliminate the fact that Holy Spirit, what Holy Spirit's role was in it. God the Father sends the word out. The word goes out and does what the Father says, and the Holy Spirit hovers over it and makes it happen. Holy Spirit goes out and brings, brings into life and into to tangible, invisible form what the word was sent out to do. Are you following this? That's why it's important for us to have the helper so that way we can have a fully matured faith, right? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, so we have a helper to make those things become seen. You need the helper to hover over your faith so it can become seen. You need the, help, the, 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 the helper, the advocate, the comforter come hover over your faith so it can be seen. Not just so you can be seen that, oh, I needed a house and it came through because I was believing for it. No, but the fact that you can live righteous in the midst of a sinful world and be hope to somebody who doesn't have any. We have an advocate. We have a helper. As I close, I want to close with another quote. And it says this. Some of you guys may be wrestling with some of this. I don't know. But I hope you find hope and encouragement in this, in this, this quote from Pastor Spurgeon. He says, if you do not understand a book by a departed writer, you are unable to ask him his meaning. But the Spirit who inspired Holy Scripture lives forever and he delights to open the word to those who seek his instruction. We don't have a dead author, but we have a living author who has left us an advocate who is the great teacher the great revealer of truth who has promised to lead us into all truth. Oh, what a helper, what an advocate, what a teacher we have in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Give God some praise if you got something out of tonight's lesson. Pray that you guys got that tonight. Let's pray. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us into all truth. We thank you that, that with truth comes freedom, the freedom that can only be, be distributed and dispersed by the Son, and who the Son has set free is free indeed, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us into, to, to further freedom, that, that once you, once you uh, break chains and shackles, that, that you maintain uh, uh, our defense, that we can stay free, that you are, you are the, the administer of grace that empowers us to stay free, that you are the administer of mercy 
that keeps back the things that we don't even know about. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our advocate. We thank you for fighting for us. We thank you for teaching us. We thank you for comforting us when we are in despair and we are distraught. We thank you for bringing back to remembrance all the word that the word of God has, has, has shown us. We thank you for bringing back to, to, to remembrance the things that have been hidden deep in our heart that we may have forgotten, the promises. Lord, we stand on that today. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your son. We thank you that you have equipped us to do every good work that you have prepared for us long ago. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to, to exercise the grace to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, Lord, that we would be examples to those that we, are, that, that we have influence over. Lord, that we would be a light to those who are in the midst of darkness, that we would be hope to those who are, uh, who are in despair. Father, we thank you that you would multiply our peace in our homes tonight, Father, that we would have peaceful sleep and sweet rest. Great would be our undisturbed composure and that we would be strengthened and empowered to go out and conquer the rest of this week, Lord. Help us to be ambassadors that walk worthy of your name. We thank you for this, Lord, and we ask for this in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for coming out tonight and digging deep in the word. Thank you guys for showing up on the live stream. I pray that you guys got something out of this. Please make sure that you guys come to Sunday service, 11 a.m. The, the, the doors of the church are open. Uh, make sure that you're here. Uh, young people, Elevate YM Thursday night, 7 p.m. Make sure you're here. Y'all go with God. Be blessed.